Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. For today, we will continue on with our monthly conversation on the emerging markets. Uh, joining me here for that conversation, glad to welcome back Alejo Zerwanko, the Chief Investment Officer for Emerging Markets Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Alejo, it's hard to believe here we are in December, just about to wrap up what has been a challenging 2022. Uh, looking forward Forward to hearing your expectations, thoughts on what the year ahead might have in store for the emerging markets. Thank you, Dan. Excited to be here. So, Alejo, let's dive right into it. I know you released your latest Investing in Emerging Markets monthly report, the title, Emerging Markets in the Year of Inflections. So, Alejo, what do you expect for these markets as we get closer to turning the page on 2022? Of course, Dan. As you know, um, we called 2020 the year of infections, obviously. Uh, 2021 was actually the year of injections. We're talking about monetary, fiscal, and of course, medical injections. And 2022, the year that is coming to a close, uh, I think it has been characterized as the year of inflation. Now, looking ahead, as you know, we're calling 2023 the year of inflections. The choice of term has to do with the fact that we expect turning points in key macroeconomic variables in the year ahead. This is turning points in inflation, interest rates, and GDP growth for key markets, which we think will eventually provide a more supportive backdrop for risk assets as the year matures. Now, the path from here to there is not going to be smooth, um, in, in my view. In our baseline scenario, we've got inflation that's still high, credibility of central banks at stake, which means that the Federal Reserve and other major central banks will likely continue to hike interest rates through at least the beginning of 2023. In addition, we've got global economic growth that is decelerating, and this is triggering, in our expectation, a contraction of corporate earnings in the U.S., in Europe, and in much of the emerging markets. In this context, then, we should expect a fairly challenging few months ahead for emerging markets. Importantly, domestic policy choices will matter more than ever in coming months. If you think about it, it doesn't really take much to convince global investors today to run away from countries perceived as moving in the wrong direction and park their cash in short-term U.S. Treasury bonds yielding close to 4.3%. Already, there have been several examples of cautionary tales in recent months. If you remember the U.K. experience of severe market stress when they put out an irresponsible fiscal budget, when you think about Hungary's central bank, which prematurely called an end to rate hikes in September, only to be forced to implement an emergency hike a few weeks later after the currency experienced heavy selling. You can turn your attention to Colombian assets in October when President Gustavo Petro advocated the adoption for capital controls. The finance ministry very quickly had to backtrack on that, those, those type of thoughts. And finally, uh, you can think of the case of Brazilian equities, which experienced double-digit declines in just two trading days in November, as President Lelec Lula da Silva flirted with fiscal irresponsibility. So 
when you put it all together, as the global liquidity tide continues to go out, I think a symmetric market behavior should be expected. This means countries that pursue prudent fiscal and monetary policy choices will be modestly rewarded, while those opting for unorthodox paths will be severely penalized. And in this environment, countries with high external financing needs, and we've done quite a bit of work on this, are more um, vulnerable, right? You can think about uh, countries like Chile, Colombia, and Turkey with uh, relatively large external financing needs as being on the more vulnerable end of the spectrum. So in coming months, then, we will be keeping a close eye on key developments in emerging markets. These are changes in China's zero-COVID policy as the country attempts to stabilize the real estate sector as well, the new Brazilian government's economic policy stance, Colombia's energy, pension, labor reform programs, Chile's constitutional rewriting process, South Africa's attempts to ensure electricity supplies, among others. So it's going to be quite a hectic 2023, at least, as we await those turning points in key macroeconomic variables. There's a lot there to consider and anticipate in the year ahead. So, Alejo, as we await those inflection points in global macroeconomic variables, how should investors position in emerging market assets? Our recommendation here, Dan, is to maintain a strong bias towards quality, income, and diversification. What does this mean? Within emerging market fixed income, we have a strong preference for higher rated shorter duration bonds. We've got a number of thematic bond baskets out there. One is called the short duration Pan American bond opportunities. The other one is called yield opportunities in, in Latin America. We select better quality um, bonds, those that mature not too long from, from now, you know, short to intermediate um, um, uh, portion of the, of the yield curves. Uh, within Latin America, for example, we see a number of very interesting opportunities in commodity producers with global scale, as well as senior bank debt. Moving on to emerging market equities, we think high-quality earnings growth leaders, such as those in the internet and e-commerce space, should outperform emerging markets more broadly. We continue to think that Environmental, social, and governance factors are quite important in emerging markets for their ability to mitigate downside risks broadly. And finally, despite the volatility, we think Brazilian equities will outperform emerging markets over the next year, year and a half. This has to do with the environment of relatively high commodity prices that benefits this market, attracted valuations, relatively low vulnerability to, to, to tighter global liquidity, and a very high dividend yield on offer. With that in mind, from your vantage point, will 2023 offer a window of opportunity to add emerging market exposure? I think it will. It will take a little bit of patience. History tells us that durable turning points for markets tend to arrive when investors begin to anticipate interest rate cuts in core markets such as the U.S., when investors are able to see a clear trough in economic activity, a clear trough in, corp- in corporate earnings, this is what should lead to a more sustainable market rally. Of course, the precise 
timing of this event is quite uncertain, but we do think they should take place sometime in the second half of 2023. Once we have the starting points in place, the case for investing in emerging markets becomes a lot stronger. After all, emerging market bonds in U.S. dollars are yielding quite attractive yields as we speak in the sovereign space, an average of 8.5%, in the corporate space, an average of 7%. This should lead to double-digit returns for emerging market bonds in U.S. dollars in a baseline scenario through year-end 2023, thanks to a combination of fairly high interest rates and tighter spreads as we see the year evolving. Moving on to emerging market equities, I think there's room for a re-rating as we move to, towards the end of the year. Uh, you got to take into account that emerging market equities have very depressed price to earnings multiples as we speak, not only re- relative to their own history, but also relative to other global markets. And we should also expect a bit of a boost to total returns through currencies, because I think emerging market Currencies will regain some of their losses against the U.S. dollar, uh, as you know we see uh, the turning points in macro variables that we've been highlighting. And importantly, those with higher nominal and real interest rate carries, such as the Brazilian Rei and the Mexican peso, appear relatively more favorable. Alejo, very productive session as always. Thank you for sharing with us your expectations for emerging markets in the year ahead 2023, including hitting on the considerations, factors that might drive market activity and how to think about positioning within the asset class accordingly. And thank you as well, Alejo, for all of the insight and guidance you've provided to our listeners throughout the course of what has been a challenging 2022. Very much looking forward to picking back up with their emerging markets conversation in the year ahead. Same here, Dan. It's been a pleasure. Um, Happy holiday season and best of luck to all of us as we move into 2023. Likewise. Thank you, Alejo. Again, today we have been joined by Alejo Zerwanko, the Chief Investment Officer for Emerging Markets Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Again, for our listeners and their clients of UBS, I do want to point out the publication which Alejo has been making reference to during our conversation today. Again, that being the monthly Investing in Emerging Markets flagship publication title for the month of December is Emerging Markets in the Year of Inflections. That publication now available up on UBS.com forward slash CIO. For clients of UBS, of course, please reach out to your UBS financial advisor if you would like to receive a copy of the publication directly. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. 
In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.